This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio by David Moore. And on the line, we've got our own Evan Grant. Hi, Evan. Good morning to both of you, but especially David. (laughs) Thank you, Evan. Evan, somebody, you made some kind of comment on Twitter the other day about the podcast, and someone said that, you said that I was disagreeable or something, and this person said that, uh, yeah, he always is. And I see that you have you have fostered this false image of me uh, in social media uh, be, with comments like that. Well, maybe you can write a column about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll hear about it, too. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. So, Evan, uh, you, you wrote a little column today. Uh, <laughs> a little a, column. A little column. About uh, about these Rangers and how they just can't win on the road. They can't take it on the road. You know, Ruggie Odor, who's had such a great spring and was off to a good start here at home, and then he just goes on the road and all he does is strike out. Yeah, it's um, I, it was really uh, there was a great disparity between this team's performance on the on the road versus at home. Really, over the last four years, and, and look, uh, Globe Life Park is is a hitter's park. It hit at some points in time, played a little bit neutral, but over the last couple of years, the the park factors seem to indicate it's more of a hitter's park. I think a lot of that is due to the fact that the Rangers have had pretty cruddy pitching. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, see, we, but, I think uh, we should always take that into consideration when we consider that. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, but there's there's a great difference there, and I think it I, I think it played out again this weekend in in Anaheim. They just uh, looked like a completely different team on the road. The approach was not as good. It was more um, overly aggressive. Uh, the at bats were more inconsistent. Look, Ruggi had a couple of really good at bats in that in that series, but he also had a, a ton of, of bad strikeouts and. And he wasn't the only one. And uh, this is something that this team has to address going forward. And the more that I talk to guys, the more I try and, and boil this down, I think it really comes down to this, that you've got a bunch of, of quote-unquote young players on this team, young veterans now, uh, who have struggled with the routine on the road. And I don't think that's that uncommon. But Odor's in his sixth year. Joey Gallo's in his fourth. No more Mazzaro's in his fourth. These guys all have to there, – there's no more excuses about being young. They're experienced now. And if this team is going to be anything better than what it, 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 it portends to be, then these guys 
have to really establish themselves as threats uh, home and away. And you're, you're always looking for improvement in young players to show that the arc is, is going up. And like you say, if you get four, six years into a career and the splits are that dramatic, uh, at what point do you just accept, well, that, that is who this player is? I mean, maybe, maybe we've seen the ceiling. I mean, this is where, you know, improving on the road is where they can push the ceiling up. And at this stage, they just haven't done it. Well, you know that's a great point, David. And I mean, you look at you look at teams that have have really excelled, and the young players uh, have quickly become great players. Uh, look no farther than the Ashes. Look at Alex Bregman. Look at Carlos Correa. Um, these are guys who who have simply established themselves as great players, not great home hitters not great power hitters, just great overall players. And I think that's the next step for for this group of, of young Rangers. I, I will say this, that in these first 10 games, you have to be very impressed with Joey Gallo's performance, um, both home and away. There, Yes, there have been some strikeouts, but the, the walk, I, I believe he's leading the league in walks, or he was at one point in time on Sunday. Um the uh, the at bats have been better. Uh, he is he showed all the signs of a guy taking a big step forward. Now again, it's only ten games, and and a lot can change in in the course of a month. But but yeah, the, uh, it's it's time for guys like Odor and Mazzara and and to include Gallo in that uh, to to really establish themselves as stars in this league, not just nice players. They're all good contributing productive players but these guys are the guys the rangers are counting on to be stars yeah i don't, I don't know how many of these guys are going to be stars you know I, I think they're going to be good players uh i think that we and we talked about this in spring training that joey joey has the mindset for it i think uh he, he he's the guy you know i like talking to joey you know he he understands what he's supposed to do and he understands what people think about him, and he voices those things. And any, you know, sometimes he buys into it, sometimes he doesn't. He's just very realistic about all of that. But he still believes in himself. Uh, believes he's a good player, and he, and I think he believes for the right reasons. You know, he's uh, as we've talked about before, he's a tremendous athlete for a guy that size. Um, I like to see, you know, I, I have really, you know, appreciated what he's he's done at the plate in the field. I, I wish he would learn to slow down and deliver the ball when he throws it and make a nice, accurate throw because he's got plenty of arm to throw these guys out. He's still rushing and panicking a little bit. And I'm, I, I realize that's because he hasn't played a lot of the outfield and he's just still getting used to it. But once he does do that, I think you're going to see a guy who's really a nice two-way player uh, who's going to do a lot of things. Whether he ends up being a star, I don't know. Uh, I, but I, I do think that he has a chance to be a very good player. But I want to go on now. we got to move this thing along. I want to talk about the, the pitching uh, and, uh, and the problems and the struggles that they've had so far, and including the fact that it looks like Edinson Volquez might be done. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the assumption you have to make at this point in time. Um, that there's a, there's obviously something wrong with the elbow. They're going to wait uh, to send him to Dr. Meister to see. Uh, excuse me to um, to get a really uh, more in depth look. 
and it, it puts the Rangers in a position uh, really, you know, they had a they had a solid spring as far as the five starters were were concerned. They were all healthy, and that was the most important thing. But if you look below the surface a little bit, the the idea that um, Luke Farrell, who was going to be considered a starting rotation depth option in the minor leagues, has a broken jaw and is not pitching. That Johanner Mendez, who was going to be considered a starting rotation depth option, has his own elbow injury and is going to miss at least the first half of the year. And now you've gone into the starting rotation and uh, lost Edinson Volquez. You're replacing him with Adrian Sampson. It leaves you perilously thin in, in a starting rotation. And I am of the belief that the biggest thing the Rangers need to do this year is make sure that they do not rush Taylor Hearn or Joe Palumbo or Brock Burke to the big leagues. These guys need time to finish off. Taylor's made one start above double-A. None of the other guys have started above double-A. None of them, with the exception of Jonathan Hernandez, have had a full season at double-A. And I want to see these guys dominate and get finished off. Does that mean a, a full year at their level? No. But I do think it means more than a couple of starts. And, and that's where the Rangers, I think, need to go out right now and grab a couple of veterans who may not be pitching anywhere, who may be sitting around at home, and, and, and get them to uh, go to Nashville and pitch in the rotation there because they need to protect these guys. This season may, I think, I think we're all of the assumption that this season is not going to be a very uh, successful season in terms of wins and losses, but where it can be successful is we just talked about these young hitters taking steps forward. That's one place. The other place would be to get these guys to the big leagues when they are ready, not when there is a need at the big league level. Of course, the, the problem with going out and getting, as you said, guys who are sitting on their couch uh, is that they've missed all of spring training. Uh, right. And, and so they're going to be they're, – they're six weeks out. If you sign somebody right now, he's six weeks out. Uh, and, and that's going to be problematic if anything else happens. Uh, and, and so Adrian Sampson has, has stepped in and done a good job. Uh, let me ask you about him right now. How, how do you – how do you uh, portray him in the club's plans? Has he has he kind of uh, made a statement for himself uh, in, in any way? Oh, he's made a strong statement for himself. I mean, he's pitched 10 innings in the big leagues in, in two appearances here, and um, I think he's given up two runs. He's uh, he, he showed a much more effective slider, according to the Rangers, uh, than, than previously, and I think he's got more confidence in it. And I think he's he's motivated by the idea that that he has been overlooked, even though he's he's now healthy. Um, but you know, Adrian's twenty seven, and maybe maybe you do get a really good few seasons out of Adrian Sampson. Um, and I'm saying this without the guy having made a single start yet this year. But in a best case scenario, I mean, you're not talking about a guy that you're looking at um, for the top of the rotation. You're looking at oh, a guy no. that. That you hope can, in some way, help you fill out a to the back end of a rotation for several years, and and that's where they're at right now. That's the kind of guys they need to get. And, and quite frankly, Kevin, I mean, 
yeah, if you go out and get somebody who's quote unquote sitting on their couch, you'd probably give them something of a um, of a rush case uh, type spring training, get them ready in a shorter period of time. They'd all be guys who are in their early to mid thirties, and you're not looking to find somebody who's a long term answer. You're just looking to find somebody who could get you uh, a dozen or so starts till hopefully the middle of the year. You got who, any nice who fits horse? that profile yeah. out there? What that, David? Uh, who fits that profile that's out there? That's a good question. I mean, there, there's a number of guys out there, but I, I, the one guy I would, not, I would not see this team going after would be Dallas Keuchel. Um, he's the highest profile of guys. But if you go after Dallas Keuchel at this point in time, you're going to give up a draft pick, which, which really <clears throat> this team can't afford to do since it's got three of the top 50 picks in the draft, and, and, and it's pinning a lot of its rebuild on that. Um, and I, I think you'd have to, you know, with with Keuchel, you'd actually be looking at a guy that you'd hope to turn into a prospect potentially at midseason, so you'd want to give him as much time to get ready as possible. So I just don't think a guy like Keuchel fits. I don't think Giovanni Gallardo is, is, um, is, is an option, but, I mean, we're talking about guys in that, in, in that caliber who have been released, who haven't had jobs this spring uh, that would be willing to try and can continue their career. Another guy like that was Jason Hamill, but rather than take a job as a team's long reliever, he decided to retire. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a good sign, Evan. When a, when a guy has a chance to pitch for the Rangers, he says, you know what, I think I'd rather retire instead. I, I don't know that there's a, a – from a team perspective, I don't know that there's any way you can interpret that as a good sign. I, I will say that, that for Jason Hamill, I think this is a guy who had spent 16 years in, in professional baseball, um, had a very, very strong relationship with his, his wife and daughters, and I think he really felt that pull. And so he said, you know what, this is the time for me to go and do that. But from the Rangers' perspective, no, there's no way to interpret that as anything but um, – uh, we're not in a real good position here. Yeah. So, uh, so, so Evan, is there any good news? You know, we've just been bashing and bashing the Rangers, bashing the lineup, bashing the, the rotation. Jose LeClerc still looks good. I, I, hey, I'm, I, I, listen, I, I don't, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to say in any way that I'm, I'm bashing the starting lineup because I do think these guys have made some steps forward. But they do need to take, uh, for the long term, the two long term things that need to take place this year is that those three young guys all need to take significant steps forward, not just baby steps. Um, it's time for them to take big leaps. Uh, and, and those are the things that you're going to be watching for on the offensive side, on the pitching side again. It's, and, and you have had good initial results for all these guys that went to double A and triple A. I think in their first start, the four, the combo of Hearn, Burke, Hernandez, and um, and, and Palumbo uh, combined to allow, uh, I want to say, three walks in 20 innings. Uh, it was a very good first turn through the rotation. And then, of course, we get the news yesterday that Brock Burke had a blister after his first start, so he's going to miss a start. So it's like no good deed goes unpunished for this organization on the pitching side. Yeah. Again, after these two games in Arizona, then it'll be a prolonged home stretch, right? Um, 
Yes. Wow. Yes, they, 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 he really stumped you out. with that question, didn't he? <laughs> wow, Evan. I go for the deep stuff. You, you did. You, gotta... <laughs> you did. Evan was really. Listen, I, I focus on one game at a time, gentlemen. Wow, I love one that about you. One game at a time. You know, here's the thing, that you when we talk about the, what these guys are going to do, and, um, you know, of course, these are the Rangers' top guys, you know, Gallo, uh, uh, Odor, you know, Mazzara. These are the guys they were really counting on. It doesn't mean they're going to be stars, uh, and it doesn't mean that any of them, any of them are going to be stars. And and so uh, I, I think we could ask that question because of the time they put in here. I, and I'm not, you know, listen. If they don't become stars, that's that's really okay. If they become good, productive players in the lineup, that's fine. They're just going to have to find their stars someplace else. Uh, I, I would just uh, think that uh, going forward, uh, I'd like to guess. I guess see other. What other players have done? We can. You, you mentioned the Astros. You mentioned Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa. Carlos has struggled a little bit in the last couple of years. He's had some injuries and some other issues. He's off to a good start this year. Uh, you know, uh, it's clear that the what the Astros are thinking. They want to see some more good because they've already extended Alex Bregman and given him a contract, and they've already taken care of some people. They can't. Uh, at least the the feeling is they can't take care of everybody there. They've got so many good players that they're going to have to let some make that decision. Uh, they'll have to make a decision on some of those guys. So uh, in, in this group, you know, uh, let, let's take a vote here right now. David, If, if of those guys, of Odor, uh, Gallo, Mazzara, who do you think is – who do you think will end up being the star of that three if there is going to be one? First of all, is, well, is, is there going to be a star? I'm asking David first, Evan. You have to be quiet. Gallo. Gallo. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so, Evan, who do you say? Me or David? I just said, Evan, you. Turn up your hearing aid, would you? Uh, listen, I, I, think, I think the guy who has the single most outstanding tool among the group, uh, which would parlay towards being a star, is Gallo with his power. And I think he's also the best overall athlete of the group. Um, Mazar is not a great runner. Um, I think we're seeing that Odor really, really has some struggles when it comes to decisions on trying to steal bases. Um, I, I think Gallo is is the best athlete and, and has the best power. And it, if he's covered up some holes in his swing, he's much tougher to pitch to, and that's going to that creates the ability for him to take leaps and bounds offensively when it comes to both batting average and on base percentage. And that's going to be the thing that drives his OPS up uh, above 850. And if he goes to 850, he's in the top third of, of, of players in the league. And in my mind, that's star talent. So yeah. Evan and I had the same answer. He was just slightly more expansive than I was. Since <laughs> slightly. I, since I issued a one-word <laughs> declaration of Gallo. which was a little unusual for you david so we're we're, we're not complaining about that um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say that with gallo too i think part of it is and and our old pal jerry fraley we we talked about the, that this spring as well is uh he just his mindset uh he just has a really great uh outlook uh and he's and i think he's just very mentally tough i'm not saying the other guys aren't too i'm just saying i think he's tougher i, I just think he seems to have a uh, the the outlook that that I can be great 
and he knows what he can do. He knows what he's not doing. He knows what he has to do to get better. Uh, early on, uh, there was a time I didn't feel that way when he was really striking out a lot and he just looked clueless at the plate. I wondered if he would be able to make that uh, transition. He's starting to do, to do that now, uh, taking more pitches. It'll be interesting to see how uh, opponents uh, uh, look at this. It'll be interesting to see how fans look at it. Fans are fixated on the 200 average, you know, if he if he hits two hundred or two ten or two twenty, they fix they tend to fixate on the average and the strikeouts. At least a segment of fans do, and and I think it's it's again it's you know a, there's some polarization there between fans who do embrace um, more. I don't want to say advanced statistics, but uh, we'll just say statistics that have become more in vogue over the past twenty years. It's a generational split, and, yeah. Um, but guys who, you know, still look at batting average and, and strikeouts as, as their, as their, um, as their gauge. Yeah. There Gallo's always going to be a guy that, that is a lightning rod for him. But, you know, it was interesting early on when he had, uh, the, I remember at one point he had seven walks and six strikeouts, which is pretty good. You're getting, if you got more walks and strikeouts, that's really good. And I was thinking, you know, with fans, those fans who do, uh, knock joy, if those seven walks were seven singles, would you feel better, you know, uh, about it? Uh, because obviously that would drive his average up. His average would be a lot higher. But there's no difference between seven singles and seven walks. So, you, Joey. You, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, Evan. No, I mean, Joey Gallo, and again, it's, it's ten games into the season, and I don't want to make too much out of, out of ten games. But Joey Gallo is currently hitting – uh, right around 250, I think. It's either 250 or, or 238. Um, if this guy hits 250, he's going to be an MVP caliber player. It's that simple. Um, because if he hits 250, his on-base percentage is going to be well above 350, and his slugging average is going to be close to 500, and, and he's going to be an MVP caliber player. If you want to talk about simple, we've got to end this podcast right now. Right now. Because Tristan this Hallman is, just came in and said, if you don't guys don't get off there, I'm having you fired. Glaring at us. Yes. Yes, that's true. So anyway, Evan, it's been great having you on. You know, we'd love to have you in the studio again sometime, but listen, that's fine. If you can't, don't yeah, worry drop about it. If you it. get a chance. Yeah. Sure. Don't, don't, don't sweat it, though. All right. Well, I was just getting warmed up. Um, <laughs> all right. I will, uh, I will let you guys go. Thanks, Evan. All right, take care, fellas. Thanks, buddy. There goes Evan Grant, uh, and there goes our Rangers podcast. Be sure to tune in to our Smorgasbord podcast that we also had where we talked about every single thing that's going on in town this week. Everything. Everything. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.